And we're back with more of the Pope on Film. Okay, look, Bunny, we need to talk about this. Uh, when we were not streaming this podcast yes, online, you, uh, uh, I would bring us into the commercials. Uh, and now that we're doing it, Online and, and on Facebook and stuff, you have been bringing us into commercials. And, and I appreciate all that you're doing. I just have a note. When I would do it, I would stretch out the ah in back. And I tried to do it as annoying as possible. You do it very good. And I'm, I'm, I'm not judging in any way. I'm just saying that when I would do it, I would go... And we're back. You know, I really went for like the back of the throat, like a guttural sort of a back in the hopes of just annoying people as much as possible when we were coming into a break. And you know what? Do with that knowledge what you will. <laughs> just wanted to bring that up. It's been bugging me for a little bit. And I, I want there to be some some healthy discussion between the both of us. You know, this is a relationship. Yes. You know, to work, to make a relationship work. That's the yes. fuel the relationship runs upon. Anywho, <clears throat> Act 3, Bunny! Act 3! Act 3! <sighs> yes, Bunny, my friend, it is time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film Podcast to casually stroll on in to our third and final act. And for the uninitiated out there, the third act is wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our all new low cost, but still the same great taste you know and love, but it's only available for a limited time. So act now, supplies are limited. Movie of the week. And so this week we watch uh, a, a demonic Jewish Santa kill a surprisingly big cast. Yes. In the 2005 directed DVD film, Santa's Sleigh. Yes. Now, uh, uh, Bunny, uh, uh, to, to, to quote Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, let's get down to brass tacks. How much do you want for the monkey? <laughs> uh, let's just really just get into it. Is this a good bad movie or is this a bad bad movie? Because I can't tell. I I gotta put it in the good bad category. And yeah. It, it there are a lot of different levels that I actually like this movie on. One it's more of an old fashioned Hollywood B-movie. You know, okay. I mean, money was fucking there spent were some here. What? Well, yeah, there were some names in this movie. Robert Culp was in this. Yes. In a starring role. And you know who Robert... Robert Culp in this movie looks so much like, and I forgot his name, but the guy who owned Spawn's Ranch... Spawn Ranch. Brewster. The the cowboy. Yes, he looks so much like that was a Bruce Dern role. Yes. You know? 
the wily old coot that no one believes. Yeah. But he's a grandpa. It's so him. That was a Bruce Dern role. It took a while for me to realize that, like, oh shit, Bruce Dern isn't in this movie. That's Robert Culp. Fucking no kidding. Good for him. (laughs) Yeah, there were some there were some names in this film. That was surprising. The names. And and I I think they did a pretty good job of of telling a horror Christmas story. I I felt like I felt like I was watching like three or four different movies. I mean, I opening watching... up with killing the the most obnoxious family on earth. Uh, yeah, and was other a than great opening. Other than Rebecca Gayhart, everybody else was Jewish. This is the most Jewish Christmas movie I've ever seen. It does. It does have a heavy, uh, like, I don't know what they're trying to say here. (laughs) You know, there is a heavy Jewish element. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is the most Jewish Christmas movie I've ever seen. And I thought that maybe like I tried to see the film in the terms of, well, maybe this was like some like a Santa's sleigh is to Christmas what like the inglorious bastards were the Nazis. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe there were so many Jewish people in this movie because this is a movie about how, hey, Christians, you know that holiday you celebrate, Christmas? Well, we're fucking it up. And now Satan is, ev- now Santa is evil and he's the spawn of Satan and he's going to start killing people. And guess what? There's going to be a ton of Jews in it. <laughs> you know, maybe this movie was an attempt for Jewish people to sort of take back Christmas. Like, I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. There is not a lot of information about the making of this movie. Yeah. But there's a surprising amount of Jews in this Christmas movie. Which again is a surprise because because money was spent. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, granted not huge amounts, but like James Conn doesn't come cheap and neither does Fran fucking Drescher. Yeah. You know? Okay, so so Bunny, I, I have a short story to to put this week's movie, Santa's Slay, in a very personal perspective. Okay. okay. This story is one hundred percent related to the movie Santa's Slay. Okay. 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 So it's two thousand and four and I still watch wrestling. Okay, this is a true story. Um, Natasha and I have been dating for about a year, and uh, we're really getting along. And I've been introduced to her one-year-old daughter, Emerald, and Emerald loves me. And we're spending time together, Natasha and I as a couple. But also, you know, in the beginning, it was just Natasha and I going on dates. But now we're doing it together, just me and Natasha. And Emerald, and we're having so much fun. And and at the time, Natasha is working a lot, and she has a lot of money. And it, every once in a blue moon, she would lavish me with something. I had uh, Ed Wood 
Geocities.org was originally a GeoCities site. Really? Okay. Yeah, it was a GeoCities website. And then in like 2003 or 2004, Natasha was like, hey, why don't you get like edward.com or edward.org or something? And I'm like, yeah, but that's this whole thing online and money. And I don't know how to do it. And she said, I got money. I got time. Fuck it. And so she bought edward.org for me. So that was something that she did when we first got together. And she was like, hey, uh, I got money. I don't want to be supportive. Fuck it. I'll buy edward.org for you. And uh, uh, in October, she took me to go see the band Primus at the Warfield in San Francisco. And we had we had balcony seats and it was so much fun because the band Primus is from San Francisco. So yeah. every year around Halloween, they do big, massive shows. And I liked Primus. I really liked one particular album, which was Sailing the Seas of Cheese. I listened to that a lot when I was in high school because I felt like an outcast. And I felt like the music of Primus sounded like how I feel. Yeah. As essentially a white person in uh, a Latino's body trying to interact with other white people, but I'm not a white person. And if you want to understand how that feels, just listen to the Primus's album, Pork Soda. Okay. And it's like, wow, this music is weird. Oh yeah, there you go. That's how Steve felt. So I always I always felt a personal connection to Primus. And for in I think, yeah, in 2004, they did uh, two Halloween shows in San Francisco and they would be playing Sailing the Seas of Cheese in its entirety. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I really want to go see that. But it's the tickets are going to be super expensive and it's Halloween and it's in San Francisco. And like, we can't do that. And Natasha's like, I got the money. Uh, we're dating. It, it, we'll we'll call it a date. Uh, fuck it. So she bought us tickets, and we saw Primus, and we we went out to dinner in San Francisco, and it was just, you know, it, it was so much fun. She so so cut to it's two thousand and four, uh, and Brock Lesnar is the champion in WWE. <laughs> okay, and he he took the belt from Goldberg. He cheated because Goldberg had retired from WCW, but now he was back and he had the title and Brock Lesnar cheated him out of the title. And so now Brock Lesnar is the champion, but they've never given the belt to Eddie Guerrero. And it was believed that like they'll never do that because he's a Latino and WWE has a hard time giving the belt to, to minorities, just period, even today in 2020. Like, just look at uh, Kofi Kingston's very depressing uh, uh, title run, and and there you go. So, uh, Eddie Guerrero was trying to get the championship from Brock Lesnar, and I'm like, I'm like, he could actually do it. He, there's a good chance he might actually get the title. And uh, there was a pay per view that was happening. Eddie Guerrero versus Brock Lesnar for the championship and No Way Out, and it was going to be in San Francisco at the Cow Palace. Okay. I and I'm like we're going to the Cow Palace. Cool. Um a couple of questions. 
Number one, what the fuck is the Cow Palace? And number two, why the fuck is it called the Cow Palace? Yeah. And I never looked that up. So I looked it up. And oh my god, this could be a shat. But here's 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 the story. So there's a World's Fair that's going to happen in San Francisco in 2015. Okay? Yeah. And 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 so as happens with World Fairs, San Francisco is building all of these buildings, and oh, this will be the science building, and this will be the agriculture building, and we're gonna have uh, what is it? Produce animals. Uh, there's going to be, you know, we're gonna have yes, thank you, a livestock exhibition, and and there's going to be animals from all over the world, and we're gonna build this massive stadium for the agricultural exhibit of the World's Fair, and it's 1914, and they're sinking a shit ton of money into building all of the things for the World Fair, especially the agriculture, the the agricultural building, and so the local newspaper gets pissed off, and it's 1914, and the newspaper goes says, and I quote, "Why, when people are starving?" Should money be spent on a palace for cows? Good point. And uh, so they're building this stadium, and the person who's building the stadium is like, you know what? Uh, Fuck that newspaper. Fuck that reporter. In fact, I've got a great way to fuck him up. We don't have a name for this. Fuck it. We're calling this a cow palace. Nice. One reason and one nice reason revenge. only to piss off the local newspaper. So yeah, to this day, like over a hundred years later, the Cow Palace is still there, and it's called the Cow Palace because the guy who built it wanted to fuck with the media. <laughs> so 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 I wanted to go see the pay per view because it, it was a close pay per view, and uh, Natasha's like. Have you ever been to a pay-per-view? You've never been to a pay-per-view? And Eddie Guerrero is going to be in this one? Fuck it. I'll buy the tickets. So she bought tickets for uh, Emerald and herself and I. And we went. It was my first pay-per-view, February 15th, 2004. And uh, the whole thing was, oh, uh, Bill Goldberg's coming back for that title. That title is rightfully mine. And you screwed me over, Brock Lesnar. And so... Uh, Brock Lesnar is distracted by Goldberg and isn't paying attention to his upcoming challenger, Eddie Guerrero, whom I love because of Latino heat. And uh, so Brock Lesnar and his manager, Paul Heyman, have Goldberg fired. Okay. And so Goldberg is fired and he is not allowed in the building during uh, during uh, No Way Out. He will not be wrestling. He is no longer with the WWE. He is not allowed uh, to, to be at the pay-per-view. And so halfway through the pay-per-view, Goldberg shows up in the audience and everyone freaks out. And um, Paul Heyman comes out and says, like, you can't be here. You can't be here. Oh, but look at that. He bought front row tickets. Okay. Oh, he's just a regular guy. Look, I'm in my boots. I'm in jeans, and I'm in a t-shirt. 
And so he's sitting in the front row and everyone's like, oh, he's going to interfere in the match. Keep an eye on Goldberg. What's Goldberg doing? What's Goldberg doing? Oh, what is he doing? Is he going to interfere in the match? And the whole time that I'm there, the only thing I'm thinking of is, well, yeah, of course he's going to interfere in the match. What the fuck is on his shirt? What? What the hell is Santa's sleigh? What do you mean? Because he was wearing a shirt from the mo- upcoming movie Santa's Sleigh. Oh, I guess okay. Made up shirts for the cast, and he just put the shirt on at the pay per view, and everyone's like, "Oh, Goldberg's going to do something," and I'm like, "Yeah, everyone knows he's going to uh, cost Brock Lesnar the title, but the fuck is Santa's Sleigh? <laughs> Wait, what is what? What the hell does that?" mean is that like a is that is that like a murderous santa what the fuck is santa's sleigh i have to know what santa's sleigh is so so uh eddie guerrero won the title and uh, goldberg helped him win and uh that was 2004 and now finally 16 years later full circle funny yes I'm finally seeing Santa's sleigh. Not only did I think that that was a fun story, but also I kind of would have rather talked about that story than this week's movie. <laughs> so, um, Santa's okay. So, so with that out of the way, <laughs> Santa's sleigh. Finally, the SNL slash SCTV slash the nanny slash good Godfather crossover we've all been yes. waiting for. Yes. That kind of covers And like he, 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 sure a lot of people saw the the movie The Godfather and said, "Wow, what a great drama." And I'm like, "Yeah, but you know what this needs? Uh uh Dave Thomas and and uh the rest of SCTV. That would have yes. really made The Godfather better if like, oh, uh Oh, uh, Fredo, hey, don't get killed. And also, oh, look, Bob and Doug McKenzie are here. We had, okay, where are you seeing the rest of SCTV? I saw Dave Thomas. Yeah. And was glad he had a job, you know? Yeah, no, there's no one else from SCTV, but just the fact that there's someone from SNL, there's someone from SCTV, the nanny gets killed in the beginning. Oh. And uh, fucking uh, the the guy from the Godfather, what's his name? James he's also yeah, He's also Jewish. I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, Chris Kattan, Fran Drescher, Sal Rubinek, Saul Rubinek. Yes. In this, he, I love. I, I know him from uh, True Romance and Unforgiven. Uh, I know him great. from a lot of places. I just don't know where. <laughs> he was the guy they were selling the coke to in True Romance. Yeah, that's that's primarily how I know him. He was also like a journalist in Unforgiven, and like I didn't. He was my favorite part of Unforgiven. Yes. Clint Eastwood. Um, James Kahn is Jewish. Bill Goldberg was born and raised in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and he's also Jewish. 
This is the most Jewish Christmas movie that I have ever seen. Yes. And and yeah, I think my theory is good that this was this was a Okay, so funny, why why don't you hit us with the plot <laughs> of this film? This will be easy. Curly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Santa comes back to town, and Santa is evil. Santa is the son of Satan. Uh, that is pretty much the whole prologue. Even in the opening credits, they, they had drawings from a book, which I thought was kind of cool. Uh, and there is a, a kid, your typical kid, which I thought was was right for this type of movie, for what they were trying to do. Yeah, and of course he has a girlfriend, and he starts picking up on on somethings with Santa, and he talks to his crazy grandfather, and he tells him how he's actually an angel, and they had a curling contest. Which come on, how many movies curling. have curling? Huh? You got to give a very, additional two is, points okay. just for the fucking curling subplot. Okay, so so let me let me add an addendum. This is the most Jewish and most Canadian Christmas movie I've ever seen. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the angel beats Santa in a curling competition in a very Rankin Bass animated sequence. Come yeah. on, nice touch. All yes, right. it was. It was. Uh and Santa basically has to be good for a thousand years. And the thousand years is over when they start filming the movie just by a strange coinky dink. Yeah. And Santa is Bill, Bill Goldman, and he starts... And I love this fucking costume. And I love the big-ass wildebeest that was pulling his fucking sled. You know? uh, I, yeah, it was, it, was, it was essentially Appa from... Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Goldberg called his reindeer by going up, yip yip. <laughs> That's how it works. Uh, and they defeat Santa Claus. That's about it. That's the plot. It's not a terribly complicated plot, but I think they successfully hit all of the tropes that they needed to hit for both a Christmas movie and a horror movie. Yeah. You know what I you know what I felt like? I felt like the reason why this movie exists is bad Santa. Yeah. Because bad Santa came out 2 years before Santa's sleigh was released. It cost about $20 million and made about $76 million. So I feel that Santa's sleigh was a studio's attempt to cash in on the uh, irreverent Christmas 
Christmas, you know? Uh, with the cranks. Yeah. Bad Santa. Santa. You know, that, that's how I, that's how I read this. Yeah. But then at the last second, the studio uh, chickened out about Santa's sleigh and it went direct to DVD. Yeah. I don't, I don't, it, it does look like money was spent on this film. Oh, yeah. That being said, I don't know how this would have done in the box office. You know? Uh, I don't know. How's Christmas movies in general selling at the box office? And it could have caught some controversy as well, which really would have pushed it up. Yeah. That is a good point. Uh, Bill O'Reilly still exists. A lot of the big names... True. Bill O'Reilly has been in a lot of movies as Bill O'Reilly. Like, 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 uh... Jay Leno used to be. You know, he was always Jay Leno in some movie. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so, um... Well, no, 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 no. No, I mean that Bill O'Reilly would start screaming on his show about a killer Santa Claus movie and the war on Christmas, and that would definitely give the movie a big pump in the theaters. That is a good point. A lot of people would... Would yeah, because Fox News was a thing. Yeah, no, no, that does track. A lot of people would go to see this movie because people were protesting it. It's and God spoke. Yeah, I I, I just can't like like James Khan is not a big enough name for me to roll out to the theater. You know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they tried, and- but I, I'm saying it, it would have a shot theatrically, but. It's a straight-to-DVD movie. It's a very good straight-to-DVD yeah. movie as far as DVD movies go. But that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. A lot of the big names like James Caan and, 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 and Fran Drescher and stuff come from the fact that the writer and director of Santa's Slay is a guy named David Steinman. And he was Brett Ratner's personal assistant for like years. Yeah. And so this was David Steinman's first attempt at making a movie. And Brett Ratner executive produced it and put a bunch of his big name friends in it. So that's probably how they got James Caan and Rebecca Gayhart because they were married. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't know, maybe Robert Culp, but I don't know when the last time was I saw him. In anything. Yeah. But it was still nice to see Robert Culp, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, first off, I would like to take this time to say that uh, Bill Goldberg can't act for shit. Yeah. But this is the perfect film for him to be bad at acting it. Yeah. Kind of like, kind of like how um, Batista locked out by being in Guardians of the Galaxy as a clueless alien because 
he was never that good at the on the mic as a wrestler, and yeah. he was always kind of clueless. So he's found an acting role where he can basically be himself, but in green body paint. Yes. So Bill Goldberg can't act for shit, but murderous Santa, this is the perfect film for him. Yeah, I mean, all he had to do was just kick people around and come off with a one-liner yeah. here and there. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't also, a challenging role. Yeah. And also, uh, one good thing I can't say about this movie is... Uh, 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 fucking... What, 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 Oh, uh, Bill Goldberg was like a notorious bachelor, and then uh, who who lived a, a crazy fast lifestyle. And while he was on the set of this movie, he met and fell in love with a female uh, a stunt woman. Really? On okay. They fell in love, started dated, dating. They got married uh, the next year, and now they have a kid together. Nice. So a child. So, so a human being exists on this planet solely because of the movie Santa's sleigh. Yes. That is fascinating to me. That if this movie was never made, there would be one less human on Earth. Yes. <laughs> that is fascinating to me. But Bill Goldberg can't act for shit, but this is the perfect movie for him. But also, watching this movie, there's a reason he didn't become the next Rock the Dwayne Johnson. Yes, no. Yeah. No, it's definitely a one-shot, just like Kane, you know? They tried giving Kane a horror movie, and, and that's it. That's the extent, you know? The first, uh, that's the See No Evil movies. And the first one yes. was so successful that they did release a second one. But also, you're right, you can't put Kane in any other movies. Yeah. There's a reason why Netflix canceled the Big Show show. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But they did get a Christmas special that just came out that uh, will tie the loose ends from season one of the Big Show show. Okay. Yeah, so I know you're going to be watching that intently. Thank, thank God. Yes. The big show show. I'm bringing it back. This is full circle. This is the circle of life. This yes. is... Imba. Did you... Like I did said, you... Kevin Nash tried to act a couple of times and just can't do it. So it's just like, hey, we need a big guy. You'll bring in some wrestling fans to our movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, make fun of his acting all you want, Bunny. But when he gets an Oscar for his next film, COVID nineteen invasion, yes, then who's gonna be laughing? <laughs> who's gonna be laughing then? Because oh, best actor, best uh, screenplay, best movie. Uh, Do you know who will be laughing? I'll tell you who will be laughing. You know who will be laughing. Triple H from his role in Blade 3 will be laughing. Blade Trinity. Yes. yes. Wasn't he like a prep vampire? Like a preppy preppy vampire? I don't yeah, know he was just the muscle. I, 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Huge. And then Edge was in one of the Highlanders. Yeah. Edge had a small part in, I think, Highlander 3, Tokyo Drift. I think. But Highlander's confusing. Did you see the entire credits, Bunny? Um... Of this I'm week's movie. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure there's they an had end some credit sequence is why I'm saying this. I saw Bill Goldberg at the airport. Santa at oh. the airport. When yeah, he's yeah, yeah. leaving at the end of the movie. Yeah, uh, okay, so at the end... Yeah. At the end, he's in his Santa outfit and he's going through his list checking it twice and seeing who's been naughty or nice. And then he turns slowly and looks at the camera and then he says, who's next? And that was his goddamn catchphrase as a wrestler. And I just felt that that was cheap. Yeah. It's like in Moana where it's like, oh, here's the rock and he's Maui. And that's great. But right before he sings his song, You're Welcome, his character Maui does the people's eyebrow, and it's like, oh, well, that's cheap. It's like John Cena is trying to act, and he's trying to do really good, and and he's getting more roles, and he was in uh, Bumblebee, and uh, he's in, I think, the upcoming uh, uh, Fast and the Furious movie, and, and, and He's and apparently the buzz for that is so big that he's already got a TV show set up for his Suicide Squad character on Eighth Man. You're freezing up a bit. Ooh, he dropped completely. Can he get back in? Does he need a new invite? The exciting behind the scenes. We are waiting to see if he makes it back. 
Let's just cut back to the first break while we're waiting. Natasha may have unplugged the internet accidentally. Afternoon of March 10th. Oh, oh that's I, what happened. While okay. I was figuring out what to do, I cut back to break. <laughs> okay. So here we are. We're back again. Where's Spring? Okay. Uh, okay. Hello, everyone. We are back live. So you were going on a John uh, Cena rant. Up. Oh, yeah. Uh, John Cena's doing really well for himself as an actor, but you never see him in a Fast and the Furious movie going, you can't see me, because that would be cheap. Yeah. I'm saying. So, I think he's not embracing his wrestling roots, and I think that's why right now he's doing very good as an actor, is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. But I just felt, I just felt that it was cheap that they made... Uh, Santa Claus say Goldberg's catchphrase. I just thought that was that was cheap. Yeah, is what it is. So, so, so that's all I have for Santa's sleigh. It, it, at first, when I first saw it, I was like, okay, well, uh, I watched the movie, and then uh, after this week, I can delete it from my computer, never to see it again. So happy to be getting rid of this movie, but then, but then I was like, you know what? Like then I saw it a second time, and then the third time I saw the movie, I said, you know what? Oh, fuck it. So I just put it on my computer, and I'm like, I'll leave it there. I could see one day watching this again. You know, yeah. this is the sort of thing that, like, if Natasha and and I and 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 uh, the kids. If if it's like two a.m. and we're drinking, and we're all on the couch hanging out, and and it's like okay, maybe I'll just put on Santa Slay and like. Yeah, I know you lose. I don't know, but it's so ridiculous seeing like the dog get kicked, and I really liked the opening. Yeah. I really did like the opening where he, where he kicks the dog and he stabs James Khan and he burns Fran Drescher's face off. You know, who hasn't wanted to do that? Exactly. Exactly my point. Yeah. And then Chris Kattan is like, oh, I'll take you on Bill Goldberg. And it's like, oh, well, you're just asking for it at this point. Yeah. Of all the people to try and stand up to Bill Goldberg, you're like, oh, don't worry, Chris Kattan has this covered. <laughs> Goldberg down. Oh, yeah, we're fine. We're fine. One half of the Roxbury is going to take down WCW champion Bill Goldberg. Okay. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. It, it, I feel like it's 
it felt like I was watching three different movies. I was watching some sort of teen romance. I was watching a, 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 a young teen and his old man. I was watching a cheesy Christmas movie. I was watching a comedy. I was watching a gore, gory horror film with titties. Kind of like when you watch Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah. And people freaking love that movie now. Jesus. <laughs> people love that movie now. Universal Studios embraced it. And every year they do Halloween Horror Nights. And at yeah. first they had a uh, they had a Killer Clowns from Outer Space scare uh, zone where the characters were walking around scaring people. And that was so popular. They did it like a, the year after that. And then the third year they got their own haunted house. And that haunted house was so popular that they got a, another haunted house again. Then the year after that, and there's killer clowns from outer space merchandise at universal studios. Yeah. And there are people seeing the movie, but because they're such theme park fans, they're like, I know the name of that clown and that clown and that clown. And okay. And so, like, yeah, the theme park community has fallen in love with, of all freaking things, killer clowns <laughs> from outer So weird. Oh, have you seen killer clowns from outer space? Like, yeah, when I was like 10, when I was like 14, I saw killer clowns from outer space. Yeah. You're watching it now. I watched it then and have already fallen in love with it and forgotten about it. Yes, exactly. Oh, it's weird that, like, hey, Dad, can you get Killer Clowns from Outer Space? And it's like, oh, I already have it. Of course, I already... Are you kidding me? This isn't a new thing. Yeah. Ridiculous. But what I'm trying to go for this Christmas is we've had a shitty 2020, and I found all of these really bad movies that we were going to do, but God damn it, it's fucking... This year has been so hard. Yes. Yes, it this has. Year, this year has sucked. So I'm just trying to go for like, instead of just punishing us with, with oh, this, this religious film uh, is now uh, right up there with Saving Christmas as the worst Christian movie of all time. And it's like, no, that's going to hurt. Let's just finish yeah. 2020 off. And then afterwards, we'll worry about, you know, let's worry about. I want to try and leave the stress for 2021. Yes. We're all at the end of 2020. Let's just try and be chill and get this fucking year over with. You know, I don't think that's too much to ask. <laughs> So, so, so that's all I have for Santa Slate. Next week, we're watching Merry Frickin' Christmas. Okay. That's the uh, one you were talking about before? Yeah, yeah. We're going to watch it, and uh, a lot of people hate it, but uh, we're going to give it a chance. And with the cast that they have, this has to be good. Yeah. I mean, Joe McHale from Community... Lauren well, like Graham say, from Bad. I've seen parts of it, and it's it's it is pretty good. This is one of like three films that Robin Williams wrapped up right before he died, and so the companies were forced to release the movies posthumously. Yes. 
And apparently the people who made Merry Friggin' Christmas were like, okay, we're ready. This movie's coming out. And then Robin Williams died and they're like, well, fuck, we have to re-edit the entire movie now that he's dead. <laughs> Back to the lab and re-edited the entire movie. And I think that, I think what happened was, was that in the original edit, it was more of a wacky madcap sort of thing. And, oh, Robin Williams is dead. Let's try and make this more of a family drama. Yeah. He's dead, and that's so sad. And let's honor his memory by making this a touching a touching film. So I think that's what happened. I don't know. I've never seen the film. Yeah. But well, we're going to find out. Yeah, yeah. With a cast like that, with a name like Schmuckers, it has to be good. So, next week, Merry Friggin' Christmas and Violet the Killer of Boats for Shaft. It's going to be a fun week. Next week, episode 283. How impressive. But now that I'm looking back at this week, the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, the this and the that, uh, I gotta say, I think this episode has been a, 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 a pretty good, pretty, pretty good episode. I think it's been a damn good episode. Okay, okay, okay. We, I felt the same way that you did, but I didn't want to say anything because, you know, they, you make those decisions, not me, and, and I didn't want to step on your toes. But yes, I concur. With your assessment, good sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Steven on behalf of Natasha and Amber and Maxwell and Bella. I just want to say thanks for listening. I'll see you next week, you godless heathens. And you controllers? I, I, I know I did. He, he had nothing. Yeah, he, he didn't have anything. I love lamp. <laughs> <laughs> that was basically what he was dead. Do 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 do